Hi friends, it's Sue and welcome back to the Kind Anxious podcast. I am recording this episode on a very, very gloomy day. I was thinking about my quality of sleep last night and I honestly had trouble falling asleep because I was up thinking about a mistake that I had made and that made me want to record this episode because how many times have you stayed up thinking about a mistake? And it's not just like staying up from sleep. I've also been thinking about mistakes like when I'm cooking alone or when I'm in the shower. I think about the same mistakes that I've made. Some of them like 15 years ago, I still think about them for some reason. And so today I'd like to talk about mistakes and just all my thoughts around it. So like what are some mistakes that you've made and how often are you letting it trap your thoughts? Some of it is normal. So the way that we think about mistakes, there is a healthy amount. You want to think about your past and and wonder how you might have done things differently. It's a survival skill. We learn lessons the hard way so that we may do things differently should that situation ever arise again. And on top of that, we can share the wisdom of our mistakes so that others don't make that same mistake. With mistakes, you might feel anxious that you might make the mistake again. You might feel embarrassment, like that mistake caused you to be socially uncomfortable. You might feel anger, thinking that mistake doesn't reflect the kind of person that I am. And you might feel sadness, right? The outcome of the mistake has made you upset. And so it sucks that mistakes happen at all, but we're not perfect. And that's something that I'm trying to get through my head. I am such a perfectionist. I want to make sure everything is up to my standard, but it can never really be that way. So I'm trying my best to understand that mistakes happen. There is a mistake that I personally have not made. My friend has told me about. So my freshman year of college, I had a really good friend and she and I decided to take a psych class together. I took the class pass-fail because psych was nowhere near my major and I just took it for fun because I was interested in psychology. She took it for a letter grade, meaning that she was going to be graded A, B, C, D, E, or not E, A, B, C, D, F, and I would just be taking it pass-fail. That season, was really difficult for me. I was in a class called Linear Algebra and I was kind of in over my head with this class. And so because Linear Algebra was part of my major, I took it way more seriously than psych. And so during midterm season, I got really overwhelmed with Linear Algebra. I actually ended up skipping a couple psych classes. When I skipped those psych classes, my friend skipped those classes too. <laughs> she decided she would like study with me in the library or she would be doing something else. And yeah, she told me that that was a big mistake. She had kind of leaned on me even though we were approaching the situation with different circumstances. She wanted to do well in the class. I didn't really care. As long as I didn't get an F, I would be doing okay. I learned a lot from the class and I have no regrets taking the class. She says she has regrets by following my steps. And so her lesson learned, don't follow Sue. She's doing her own thing. Sue's insane and she studies differently. And that's a mistake that I think a lot of people can learn from. 
Sometimes we think we're doing the same thing, right? Like we're taking the same class, but our circumstances are very different. Our backgrounds are very different. It's possible that we're taking the same class, but somebody has taken a similar class before, or another person is, you know, taking it leisurely, or another person is studying very hard in the background, but they're not showing that they're studying hard. So what we see is not really what we get, and we have to kind of mold our life to the way that we should personally. So that was a mistake my friend had made that I still think is funny because I'm really not a person that should be followed in any sort of capacity. Here's an example of another mistake. When I was a kid, our local pool had a lifeguard. I was maybe six or seven years old. I did not know how to swim and it was just me and my mom. I drowned in the pool and the lifeguard saved me. I still, to this day, get freaked out over water. So I don't really like going into deeper ends of pools and I definitely do not like going to the beach because I have a fear that the waves will take over me and I will just, you know, get sucked into the ocean. And so I don't like when I can't reach the ground. And in general, I go to the beach and I just stay in the sand. I think it's kind of fairly valid to be afraid of the water. It is a scary experience that happened to me as a child and I never, you know, since then learned how to swim, although I really should have. So it's very likely that I could drown again. Every time I go on a boat, I have to tell myself, this is the exit, this is how to get off the boat, this is where to find life jackets. I avoid situations where I have to swim. A couple of years ago, when I first started dating my boyfriend, we went to the beach and he was like, let's go in the water and I said no. I didn't want him to see that side of me yet, but it came out like I was like, no, I'm afraid of the water. And he's like, I don't see the problem. You have to go in very deep for you to be, you know, drowning. And plus, I'll be there. I'll take care of you. There's also lifeguards here. There's plenty of people that will find you and help you. And I was really scared. It took a lot of persuading for him to tell me that I will actually really enjoy getting in the water. He took me by the arm, we went in, and I really loved it. I was clinging on to him. He taught me how to properly tread water so that even if I don't know how to swim, I could, you know, stay on my own for a little bit. And then the next time we went to the beach, we brought a couple like floaties and things like that so that I could be in the water safely. And so, you know, that was a mistake I made as a kid, you know, drowning. And then also, Pretty much ever since then, the mistake that I've made is not learning how to swim and allowing that fear to grow inside of me. So that's just an example of a mistake that I've made. And so I've been beginning to think like, how much is too much thinking about the mistake? So for instance, that situation with the water and drowning, I don't think about that on a day to day. I only really think about it in a situation where I have to swim. And it's held me back in some instances where I remember one summer I went to camp and all my friends were getting their bracelets to swim and I said, nope, I'm not gonna do that because I don't know how to swim. I'm just gonna be on the you know beach end and, and sit here and watch everyone else play. And I remember sitting there and kind of regretting not knowing how to swim. And that's when I really thought about the drowning incident. 
But other than that, I don't, I don't think about it. And so there are some mistakes that I've made where like I think about it all the time. And I cannot stop thinking about it, even though it's been years. I always think like, if I could go back in time, how could I do that situation differently? What have I learned from that if I've learned anything? And it makes me frustrated when I feel like I haven't learned anything from that situation, right? Mistakes are made so that you can learn from it and you can grow from it. But what if like you have a situation where you just regret and you just keep regretting from it and you don't really have a life lesson from it. And so I've been trying to think of some big mistakes I've made in my life and making sure that it doesn't impact my day-to-day and my anxiety. So here are two examples I have of some mistakes that I don't regret, what I've learned from that and how I'm growing from mistakes and shaping how I think about mistakes. So my senior year of college, I took a class called machine learning. I will say that this part of my life was the peak of my anxiety maybe. I was just really struggling. I had some other things going on outside of class that's not relevant to the story, but in machine learning, I did not pass a single test or even a single homework. When I tell you I submitted homeworks knowing full well that I was gonna get like a 50 or 60%, I mean, that's how it was for me in machine learning. And if you are an engineering student, like this is familiar to you, people's grades are really low and then they have to get curved upwards. It's just the way that engineering classes are built. People don't you know, get A's as frequently. People don't actually get A's on exams before they're like done with the semester, although they might get an A in the class. So I took this course and I was freaking out. I was like, how is it that not even homework, not even little quizzes, I can't get a single passing grade, not an A, just like a passing grade. And some things I took away from it is that I can't brute force something that my heart isn't in. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can brute force and push through, and then there are some things that you can't. I cried so much throughout the semester. I remember calling my mom like every week, just hysterically crying because I couldn't rack my brain to understand machine learning. I went to office hours. I talked to the professor. I sought extra help from my friends and I still couldn't get it. Up through that point in my computer science student journey, everything in CS was something that I could force my way into. So even if I didn't understand things, I could find a way to you know, memorize it or just hack my way into it and get enough to pass the class. I was realizing that there comes a point where it doesn't really happen. Like I realized coding was just not for me all this time that I had loved coding, the only reason why I loved it was because it was a hobby for me. I was understanding things that I wanted to understand. But something like machine learning, which I'd had zero interest in, it just wasn't working out. And I had to take this miserable class for me to understand that I'm not meant to be an engineer. And I think back to it, up until that point in my like CS journey, I had been so convinced that as a CS major, I was going to be a software engineer and I was doing these interviews for jobs and I was failing terribly because 
my heart just wasn't in it. And I had to take this class as kind of a metaphor for everything I was doing. Like I am trying to force my way into something that I really don't actually want. And I'm really thankful that the experience didn't hurt me externally really. I was just kind of miserable at the time. And I had explained my situation to the teacher and I had told her, hey, like, I'm really trying. I'm just kind of realizing it isn't for me. And while I've loved your class, it's just been really difficult for me to process. And I hope that you see my effort and at least grade me on the effort. I did get a D in the class. I got a D, I didn't fail. And I think it's because the professor took pity on me. She honestly saw me hysterically crying and was like, this girl is trying. Like, it sucks and the class is hard, but she's trying. And so, yeah, I really learned through that class that if I don't really want something in my heart, it's just never going to be accomplished. And I talk about this in my episode about setting goals for the new year. If you're going to want something and you're going to work towards something, think about why you really want it before you even start. Because you'll get lost and you'll fail and you won't be sure why you failed. And it will have been because of your motivation all along. So it's just something to think about. There may be easy things that you can force your way into, but there are going to be difficult things that are going to stand in your way if you don't have clear motivations. And then let's talk about a second mistake that I don't regret. So growing up, I had these two friends who were a big part of my childhood. We were Korean Americans. We had you know, grown up in the same area and we had a lot of shared experiences. They were similar to me in that we did a lot of activities together. We had classes together. We played sports together. We studied together. We went to parties together. We volunteered together. We just did so many things. And I really thought these were some of my best friends. And then in high school, I did something. I'm not gonna say what it is exactly, I'm going to say that it's not malicious. I didn't do it intentionally. I did not do it with the thought of hurting other people. I will say that I was a little bit naive thinking that my friends would understand the situation fully. And yeah, it's a minor situation, honestly. I think that I was immature, but the way that the situation played out was so immature. It definitely was a mistake on my end, but at the time, I legitimately did everything I could to remedy the situation. I apologized profusely and I put in the effort to make amends. And I even did things that I now consider like super cringy. I gave my friends gifts. I publicly declared to everyone in my friend group and everyone we know that I was in the wrong and that I had made the mistake and that I was like basically begging for their forgiveness. And when the incident occurred, I was so genuinely apologetic. I cried so much. I asked God to forgive me for my mistake for something like, I think now it's relatively so minor compared to the things I could have done. I had just made a minor mistake. I was so upset that I had kind of lost my friendship and that I had let myself make this small mistake that ended everything. 
at the end, like one friend decided to forgive me and but not stay my friend. And then the other decided not to forgive me, that she was going to stay mad at me. She was going to start spreading lies about me and to this day ignore me. Like this was in high school. And then last year I saw her and she ignored me altogether. Like after seven years, she wasn't able to let it go or admit that my apology was enough or just admit that the whole situation was like silly and classic high school shenanigans. And it made me realize like how toxic that person was. Like friendship is about evolving and every so often like your friends will make mistakes. It's, it's inevitable. But we grow from them and true friends understand that something that you do every couple of years is not something that defines your personality or your relationship. And a true friend understands where you're coming from and is willing to put in the effort to use that mistake to help you to become a better person and not hold it against you and not make it a hostage for all of your friends. And so I learned so much about how to be a good friend because of the way she treated me and how she handled things. Like if someone cuts me off, it sucks, but it speaks on both of us. Like, yes, I made the mistake, but she took it to a whole new level and she had exaggerated it. And if I hadn't made that mistake, I think like to this day, I could still be stuck in her loop of manipulation and toxicity. And so I'm so glad that that's kind of how our friendship ended, even though it was, you know, kind of traumatic for me. I, I was really not myself in trying to be apologetic to her, but that's how I learned so much about what it means to be a friend and how I want to grow into a better person. I think mistakes seem like a big deal when we're in them, but time really heals them. We amend them to the best that we can in the situation that we're in, and then we have to try to let it go. As I say this, I know that there are mistakes that are brewing in my brain that I'm trying to let go of. I'm doing just simple things to let them be free from my mind. I'm talking through them in therapy, I'm journaling about them, and I'm sharing that information with my friends so that they understand that you know, this is a situation I was in and this is how I'm handling it. How would you handle it? How would you grow from it? By speaking it out and letting it become a truth that we talk about, it becomes kind of outside of our brain and just let go into the air of the world. And I'm hoping that I find some relief in my mistakes. And I'm hoping that you find some relief in any mistakes that you've made in your life. Anyways, thank you all for listening. I will see you guys in the next one. Bye!